So then you want to do marketing and the marketing is going to be direct to seller marketing, right? You are going directly to the homeowner and this is going to matter. You know, we talked again before about the motivation. So this is different styles that we're going to cover of marketing, building lists and doing all of that to generate that, the, that motivation. So first you got to get a list, a list. You got list vendors. This is your list source is a list vendor. I like to use Deal Machine. Deal Machine has been very good. They've recently uh, merged or partnered up with a title company. So all of their data is actually very accurate. It's uh, compared to like county and uh, very accurate data. So we like using Deal Machine for that. So you have list source, Deal Machine. Um, another way is you create your own list like foreclosures, pre-foreclosures. It's another great list that's happening. We haven't marketed to pre-foreclosures and I don't know, probably like the last four or five years because the houses that were getting foreclosed in San Antonio were houses that had been behind on payments for like well over a year. At that point, reinstatements were like 80 grand. You know, it was, th these houses were kind of underwater. It was just, it didn't make any sense to bother with that. But what we've been seeing lately is we're seeing foreclosures, property being foreclosed on after being three or four months behind. So why is that a good thing? properties that are three or four months behind, that's not a very big reinstatement. These are houses that you can do some really creative real estate strategies with. You can do subject twos, you can structure on a finance with them, you can buy them at a better discount. You can do so many creative things with these deals because they're not underwater yet. You understand? So these are great deals to pick up. And pre-foreclosures, there's a massive motivation. They're going to lose their house. That's the motivation right there. So because they're going to lose their house, they don't really have a choice. And we do help them to try to see if they can keep their home. So we go over like possible loan modifications. We go over reinstating their loan. But chances are they lost their job. Something happened that put them behind. And when we, when we start talking to these people, we're asking them like, hey, you know, you lost your job. Got it. Were you able to replace that income? No. Well, then chances are, even if you catch up your payments, you still can't make your payments moving forward, right? So we're trying to get these people to understand that your only option is to sell your house and capture what equity you have. Because if you don't do that, the bank is coming and taking your house. That's not a question. You understand? I get sellers I speak to all the time that they're telling me, you know, I would like to see the bank come and take it. I'm like, what? What are you going to do? Smack them? Like, they're going to take the house. This is not a question. They're showing up with the sheriff. And they're going to kick you out on the street. You understand? That's not a very pretty sight to be in. And a foreclosure on your record is not good. It's not going to help you if you're going to get a job. It's not going to help you if you try to get an apartment. It's not, definitely not going to help you if you want to get a house. So it's like avoid the foreclosure, sell your house, capture that equity. And one of the best things with pre-foreclosures. So let me explain how the foreclosure process works in San Antonio. There's an auction the first Tuesday of every month. Not San Antonio, but all of Texas. Auction first Tuesday of every month, regardless if it's the first of the year. It doesn't matter holiday, snow, COVID. Well, COVID did slow that down because there weren't auctioning, pro there weren't foreclosing on properties during that period. But like most of the time, first Tuesday of every month without fail. That list of the properties getting auctioned off get posted 21 days before. That's when everybody is hitting those properties. Yes. Uh, online, all these list providers, they have it. The county website has it. It's uh, pretty much that list is so easy to get.
Like you just go online, you'll find that list. Especially if you go to the county clerk site, you'll find it there. So that's when everybody is going to be marketing to that list. So we take a step back before that. That's when the list gets published, but that's not necessarily when that those properties get listed on the county site. Sometimes they get listed months before the foreclosure. But what happens is you got to go in manually to find these documents. Not many people do that. We do. We go in manually and we look every single day for new postings of foreclosures. So we get to be marketing to properties that are not set to foreclose for months from now. While everybody else is marketing 21 days before and everybody's going after them, we've been talking to them for months now. So we've been building rapport. We've been helping them out. We've been having conversations with them and their banks. So by the time everybody starts blowing the, the, up their phone, they're, they're not even trying to hear it anymore. They're working with us. So that's one way that we get rid of that competition. Another way is you go a step before that, and that's the appointment of trustee. Before property gets put even to foreclosure, there's an appointment of trustee that gets appointed to this property. When that does happen, that gets recorded as well. So this could be, this could honestly be a day before it gets listed, or it could be weeks or months before it gets listed. This gives you another benefit above everybody else to find the property before anybody else does. All right. Now for everybody in the room that you guys are thinking, ah, great. Now everybody's going to be doing this. No, they're not. <laughs> I guarantee you they're not. I put all this stuff out for free on my YouTube channel all the time and people listen to it all the time. And nobody does it because it's work. You understand? Nobody wants to put in the work, but this stuff works. It works very, very well. We are getting, we're picking up foreclosures every single month because of this. It works very well. And when it comes to marketing, we're going to cover it. You're going to see how it doesn't matter if it's oversaturated. It's how you approach it. It's going to matter even more. So those, those are some of the lists you can create your own. Uh, you can also do driving for dollars. I've always loved driving for dollars list. This literally means that you are getting in your car, you're driving a neighborhood and you're looking for houses that stand out. So what houses do I look for? I go into a neighborhood, I take a quick little lap in my car and I'm trying to see what a really nice house looks like. And then I see which houses don't fit that criteria, right? Which houses are not really nice. So these are houses I'm going to be writing down. All of these. This creates a very unique list that unless somebody else got in their car, drove that same neighborhood you did, and looked at the same houses you looked at, you or guys are not going to have the same list you're marketing to at all. You're not going to be hitting the same list. It's, it's virtually impossible. I've had people drive the same neighborhood I have. I've come up with 112 properties. Some have come up with 30. Some have come up with 80. You know, like everybody's all over the spectrum because everybody looks at properties differently. When I drive neighborhoods, I'm not looking at just the front of the houses. Is it a teardown? I'm looking, do I see AC units in the windows? And if it's a neighborhood of properties of 300 grand and up, AC units in the window means they probably don't have an AC that's working very well. That's a big ticket item for people. Is the roof old? That's another big ticket item. Are the windows old? That's another big ticket item. You know, so you start adding these things up and you start seeing like for us, for investors, I can rehab a house like that. And it'll probably run me, let's say a 1500 square foot home to replace all major components. I'm probably in it 65, 70 grand for a homeowner, probably double that. You understand? I've had conversations with homeowners where they're telling me, 
but I just bought these windows. I paid eight grand. I'm like, I get it, but I pay two. Like, you know, you pay a lot more than I do for these windows. Foundations, homeowners can pay 40 grand for a foundation job. I do 10, 12 grand for foundation jobs. Because as investors, we do volume, we get better prices. It's a whole different space. So you got to look at it. You say, oh, but that's only a $20,000 rehab for you. For the investor, that could be a $40,000, $50,000 rehab. How many, how many um, homeowners can actually afford to do that? You know, so that's when you look at when you do driving for dollars and creating your list, that's how you do it. Another way to create your own list is what's called list stacking. So you do list stacking by doing, you know, you, you pull, let's say, your absentee list. Absentee list is another great list to market to. These are landlords. These are people that might have inherited a property. So it's pretty much anybody and everybody that, ha that owns a second home that they don't live in. And it's in an area that you want to market to based on market data and stuff that you've pulled. So you're in an area that you want to market to. This house is sitting, you know, it, there's an absentee owner. Maybe they're renting it out. It could be a burned out landlord. Or maybe it's sitting there vacant. Now you take that list and you can stack it. So you can pull code violation list from the county. This is a data that you can pull free from the county data. And code violation list. So you combine your absentee with code violations. Now this property's have their absentee and they have code violations. Then you can look at liens, which properties have liens. Then you add liens. Now you're niching down that list even further to a point where you're having a property that's absentee, has code violation, has liens, and might even be in foreclosure, right? So why do you do that? Because now you have a highly distressed list. I mean, I'm talking about a massively distressed list. This person is going through a lot of problems. You understand? So there's going to be levels of motivation. If not right now, in a few weeks, there's going to be levels of motivation. Another list that I love doing is pre-probates. So if you guys have heard, you probably heard of probate properties. This is somebody passed away. They're probating the will. So they're deciding, the courts are deciding who is the ownership of the property going to go to? How is it going to be split up? Who's going to have the right to the house? What pre-probate is, is we get to those people before they start the probate process. So before they hire an attorney, before they're going through the courts, before they're dealing with all that crap, because it's going to cost them time and money to do. We do the work. We know how to do the research. We know how to find the heirs. We know how to find who the people are. And then what we do is we do affidavit of heirships with everybody. Once we build out the lineage of everybody, we get affidavit of heirships. Everybody sells their rights and signs off their rights to the property for whatever some people want to get paid. Some people just don't care. Once we get all that sorted out, we go ahead and buy the house. Now, we're one of the only people doing that. You understand? Because not many people can do that. Not many people can go through that process or want to go through that process to do it. So pre-probates is an excellent list. That list, I actually don't use the providers I gave you. I use a, another one that's called foreclosuresdaily.com. Uh, if you go there, talk to a lady named Tangi. Um, so what they do, what I love about that list is they compile the... So pre-probate is somebody that just passed away and owns a house. That's all it is. Somebody just passed away and owns a house. That's the only criteria. They compile the list on a weekly basis of people that just passed away this week that own a house. And they give me that data every single week. So sorry for the pun, but it's fresh. <laughs> it's very fresh data. <laughs> so 
we're able to get there, you know, before anybody else does. Most other people, they wait until it becomes a probate to do it. By then, it could be months. Some people take six, nine, a year before they even begin to do the probate process. We're getting to them like a week later. You understand? A question that usually arises is like, how do you approach those? The same way I approach every other property. Hey, I'm calling you about the house on 123 Elm. Just interested to see if you guys are considering an offer. I'm not saying, hey, sorry for your loss, because you seem like a predator when you're doing that. You understand? You seem like you're being a dick by just going after them, you know, after somebody just passed away. So don't don't even acknowledge, don't even say that. Then then they'll tell you, oh, that was my father's house. He passed away. Oh my goodness, I'm so sorry to hear that. We know that we know that it is, but you don't want to come off like an like an asshole, right? So you're saying that, so then you're like, okay, my bad, I'm sorry, I'm sorry to hear that, I'm sorry for your loss. Look, I was just calling to see if you guys needed any help or anything like that, just let me know. And I'm going, I'll get a lot of people that curse me out. A lot of people, and you gotta get used to that in this space. I'll get a lot of people that curse me out, but I'm calling for the ones that are like, well, actually, yeah, I don't, I've inherited this house, I live in Washington, I don't know what the hell to do with this house. I have never been to it. You know, I haven't even spoken to my dad in whatever number. Well, great. I can help you. I'll be your point of contact here. You understand? Now I'm solving a massive problem for these people. So pre-probate is a great list. Absentee right now is another great list we're liking to uh, market to because here's the problem that we've seen since uh, the start of the year. Taxes have gone way up. Interest rates are high. Insurance costs are high. Rents are high. There's these people that are living in their home and if they don't have like a foreclosure pending, they don't have really any real benefit or interest to sell their house because where do they go? They, and this is the question I've been getting from them. Well, yeah, I'd love to sell my house and get 50 grand, but where do I go? I'm like, well, shit, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know to tell you. You got no credit. You got no money. Your house is a dump as it is. You're not going to get much for it, you know? And it's like, for that, for even what you're paying for your house, even maybe on taxes alone, like you're not even going to get a decent rental for that price. So it's like, yeah, this house may be a dump, but it's your dump that you live in. You know what I mean? Like it's your home. You know it. So it's like the, I'm not here, and I hope you guys look at this the same way. I'm not here to steal anybody's house. You understand? Like I'm not in that business. I'm here to help out people that need help. So for those people, we're like, look, you don't, you shouldn't sell right now. You can't afford to. You sell your house, you have nowhere to go. You don't have family, you don't have anywhere to go. At least you have a roof over your head. It may not be ideal, but you got somewhere to stay. So we started seeing that a lot. So it was just wasted effort on our marketing budget. So what we ended up doing is switching to just absentees. And so absentees, they don't have that attachment. It's a second home, third home, investment property, burned out landlord, whatever it is. So if they're interested, we can strike a deal because I don't have to deal with that where do I go question. They don't have that question. You understand? So I'm doing absentees, pre-probates, and pre-foreclosures. Those are the three lists that we are doing right now in San Antonio, and we're doing very, very good with those lists. Any questions at all? Any, yeah. Oh, so go ahead. Where do you get that absentee list? Absentee deal machine. That the deal machine or list source. So list source is one. You could just Google list source or you go to dealmachine.com is another one. And you can pull the list from those two sites. They are, you do have to pay for them, right? But I mean, deal machine, I have the yearly 
bundle that I pay for, but I think it's somewhere like 60 or 80 bucks a month or something like that. Um, so you can do what a lot of people do is they buy all the data and then cancel it. I'm not giving that advice. I'm just saying people do it. Um, and then the other one is list source and it's the same thing. They, uh, list source, I think, I don't know if they still do a membership or if they kind of charge you as you pull per the data. Um, but it breaks down to like a few pennies per property. Nothing crazy. Yes. So what you said about appointing a trustee, is that when they die without a will and goes to probate, is the trustee appointed or is it? No, no, no. The appointment is a trustee is for the uh, foreclosures. Uh, who would be the trustee in that case? In a foreclosure? Uh, an attorney. Usually the bank, the banks appoint them. So the banks are looking for an, a foreclosure attorney. That's who they appoint to start the foreclosure process. Does that make sense? How long is the buyer's list? <laughs> so I like quality, not quantity. There are people that build hundreds of people's buyer's list and it's complete nonsense. I, my, my buyer's list consists of four strong buyers that I use consistently with about another 10 that if these four happen to not like it, I might touch on those other ones. But my four are the ones that are buying pretty much everything that I, that I wholesale if I don't buy it myself, right? So I, I would say a good buyer's list is, uh, is around 20 people that are strong buyers. So fix and flip buyers, buy and hold buyers, owner finance right now, buy and hold buyers. Well, we actually haven't been doing much with because their criteria has actually gone of what they need a property for is actually worse than what I'm selling flip houses for because they, because of taxes, insurance and rents not going up as quickly, they're not cash flowing. So they're needing to leave money in the deal. And because they're needing to leave money in the deal, they needed it at much bigger discounts if they want their money out. But if I'm able to get it at those discounts, I'll make a lot more money if I wholesale it to a fix and flip buyer or if I, if I flip it myself because they need it much lower. Does that make sense? So I'm doing owner finance buyers are killing it right now and uh, fix and flip buyers. Those are the primary that I'm building my list off of. So tax liens, I don't like them all that much. We kind of tried, we tried them on and off. The problem with tax liens in Texas is they can, there's no real motivation as far as like, could they sell this year or 10 years from now? Like they, they don't, there's no set parameter of when they're going to be sold. Does that make sense? So we've marketed to people that are, that have tax liens on their properties and they've had them for five plus years. And they're still not in the process of any type of foreclosure. So the tax those would be ones to market to. Those you would treat them like foreclosures. So it's it's much like the process of a foreclosure. They're kind of going to be in the same list of properties that are being auctioned off. Um, but that's just research you got to do in the county to see if you can catch those beforehand. I've, I haven't spent too much time on, on tax liens just because they ha we've done them throughout the years and they've never generated any real returns to be worth really pursuing. Does that make sense? So the people that I know that are doing tax liens are doing it on commercial property, on commercial real estate. That they're having, huh? Right. Well, yes. Other states, they have other regulations, but Texas, they, they, they don't have really set parameters that you can kind of like predict when there's going to be distress. 
but I have I do know investors that they do tax liens on commercial real estate and they have very success uh, good success with those. Yes. Do you guys also land as well? Or? We used to land recently for us and for some of the investors I know has just been much slower because not many people are developing. You know, especially like infill lots and stuff like that. So we used to wholesale land. Um, but it goes back to the same thing. You got to build your buyers list first. So if you don't have buyers for land, um, you're not going to have a buyer pool for land either as, you know, with, with another way that we do um, buyers list is let's say I get a good pr a property on the contract and I don't happen to have a buyer in that area. I actually start searching the MLS in that area for recent sales from like investor purchases. I find who those investors are and then I kind of like, you know, skip trace them, find their information. And then I market to those people and say, hey, I see you bought this house or this piece of land. Would you be interested in this one down the street? Right. So I've done that to find those buyers. But with land it's just we saw such a massive decline. And, and I've spoken to other uh, wholesalers that strictly do land and they're kind of coming over to uh, single family now. That's what I, yeah. Yeah. Sub twos that are really hot right now. Yeah, sub twos are good, and subject twos are gonna be hot for the next coming years. This this market, I've heard I've heard two thoughts, schools of thoughts from economists. We're either gonna have a recession or we're gonna have a depression. So it's like it's either gonna be bad or it's gonna be really bad. So based on those two scenarios, subject twos are gonna be tremendous. That's the stuff that you want to get really educated on. We did it when I got started in real estate. I used to do a lot of foreclosure marketing and I would pick up subject twos all the time. It was like a three, $4,000 reinstatement. I'll get a house that's cash flowing, great deals, great strategies. You know, I'm in it for virtually no money, you know, and I got myself a great asset. And especially the loan is the asset in that situation. It's not so much the equity. It's the fact that the loan might be 10 years old or might be a 2020 loan with 3% interest. Right. So like that's where the asset comes in. So I don't want to get too involved in that conversation because it's a, a whole thing. But the owner of Stepstone, Dan Francis, in April, he's doing a class on raps and subject twos. It's a three hour class and he's coming to San Antonio to do that. So we'll talk about that later. But it's also free. So definitely make sure to check that out. I'm going to be checking it out as well just to see any new changes and stuff like that. So excellent class to do. Any other questions on lists, stuff like that? Are you stacking? Or yeah, yeah, there's 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 uh, um, the softwares out there like you have uh, REI RE SIFT is one of them. You uh, have a CRM RE Simply is another one and they do list stacking. I honestly don't care about stacking at this point. I've, I've been just pulling absentee. I pull a certain criteria. So when I pull my criteria, I like to stay median price point and below for San Antonio. Because the median price point that shows you um, the speed of the market, right? Like that's where houses are going to sell the best. That's where houses are selling. So we look at that and then we look at the targeted uh, zip codes that we want to be in that are selling quick. And that's uh, the properties that we market to. We stay with properties under 2,000 square feet uh, because anything over that, the renovation is going to be tremendously higher. Anything under 2,000 square feet, you're talking about starter homes. These houses, when you renovate them, put them on the market, they go fast. That's what you want. You know, as an investor, as a flipper, you want houses that move quickly. You don't want the houses that are sitting on the market for months because it's going to cost you money. Um, so we're putting that criteria. We're putting single family. 
uh, in the old machine, you can actually select that there there's no corporate owned because once you have come, uh, properties that come back that the owner shows up as an LLC, now you got to take an extra step and find out who the owner of the LLC is and find out you know how to get their contact information. It's not impossible. It can be done, but it's just extra steps. And then we also look for properties that have closed in the last five years or older, right? So I don't want properties that have closed within the last five years because they're not going to have a tremendous amount of equity. But any that are five years and older, there's a bigger chance of equity on those properties, right? And if it's a landlord, there's bigger chance of distress where the landlord is just fed up with the property. They want something else. They're tired of this, of this property. So we put that criteria in the machine, export that list, and I skip trace it, and that's what I'm doing. You know, and we're, we're going to get into 